When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now, so let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What's going on, everybody? Before we get started with this podcast today, I just want to mention Halloween night, October 31st. Have you ever wanted to go paranormal investigating? Well, I got a deal for you. My friends over at the Cincinnati Ghost Seekers have teamed up with Post Town Elementary in Middletown, Ohio to do a public live event. So if you wanted to ghost hunt and just never had an opportunity, this is your chance to go out and actually do a paranormal investigation with a great group of people. And at a location that has had many reports. It's been covered. It's on YouTube. I've been there. I even went to this event a few years ago. So it's a great event. If you want to go, you can get your tickets at CincyGhostTickets.com. It's only $40. Now to investigate some of these type places, it could cost you $100. But from 8 p.m. to 3 a.m., you can be in there investigating, possibly getting touched by a ghost, possibly getting some ghostly interactions, getting EVPs, and having a fun experience. And plus, they're going to give you food and drinks. That's all for 40 bucks. You can't beat it. Head on over to CincyGhostTickets.com and reserve your tickets today. And I think you will greatly enjoy yourself. It's a great way to get started. So, let's go ahead and get started with the podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghosts of the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to check out this podcast. Um, today, I want to talk short, briefly about the Mandela Effect. Now, this is a paranormal concept, I should say, that I'm not completely behind, even though I have kind of experienced this myself. But I don't know what it is. It's just not as credible as... I think it could be. I think it's, honestly, could be just a big misunderstanding. And there's a rational explanation for this. But so just to kind of put things in perspective, just to kind of give you a brief history of what the Mandela Effect is, basically what the Mandela Effect is proposed to be is just false memories or memories from a parallel universe, from a different realm, Something to that effect. Now, it, this was this was coined in 2009 by Fiona Broom. She was wondering why people shared these false memories. 
That is something that's very interesting about this phenomenon, is how multiple people can have the same false memory. Some of the things that have been said to be a example of Mandela Effect is not a Mandela Effect. And I'll get to that in a minute, because there's some very popular ones. Basically, what she theorized was that our minds are connected to the other version of us in the uh, parallel uni other parallel universe, and that we can kind of pick up things because of there is, because there is a connection. We can kind of pick things up. Now, I don't know if that's a bunch of hogwash or whatever, but it kind of makes sense if there is a uh, another me in a parallel universe. I would think in some way we are connected because I am him and he, he is me kind of thing. I understand the philosophy of this. I understand the principle of it. I mean, it could explain deja vu. It could be a reason for deja vu. Now, I know that science has come up with another reason. We don't understand how the brain works. We don't understand how our mind is connected to our consciousness does our consciousness come from our mind or is it the mind just a receiver for our consciousness and if this is correct if this philosophy is correct then our consciousness is spread out and maybe there are other universes that things aren't exactly ideally the same and we are getting some we can pick up on that or we can have something some wires get crossed and we can pick up on it and that essentially is what the Mandela effect is. Or deja vu. Or it all could be a glitch in the matrix. Very possible. If this is a simulation, that I get. The concept of parallel universes is not crazy. Many, many scientists believe that that is very possible the this could be just one of infinity universes and i know there's some scientific terms that say this connection between us is not possible by the laws of physics i'm not a physicist i don't understand it i don't know i'm going to lean more towards the glitch in the matrix that makes a little bit more sense to me and i can put my or wrap my head around that <clears throat> so i mean i'm not like i said i'm not a scientist i'm an idiot but they definitely believe that those parallel universes if i understand it correctly to put it in layman's terms is basically we are cut off from that we are individual we are there's no connection between the two or between us and them, or us and all of those parallel universes. Like I said, I don't know. That is beyond my grasp, honestly. They could be 100% true, 100% correct, and I, I don't know. But it is an interesting topic. And it is, a, I understand that train of thought. But on the flip side of that, this is a freaking complex world. This is an amazing world. There are so many wonders in this universe. Why? Why couldn't this be correct? What maybe the paranormal universe is the spirit world. Maybe that is what the paranormal truly is. 
we're not picking up the afterlife, which I've always said I'm not married to the concept of afterlife. Maybe we're picking up the on a parallel universe that are all happening at the same time, and we are picking up on those. And that is possibly one of the reasons for this idea of deja vu. And we, I know we're kind of digging away or moving away from Mandela effect, but I'm looking at the whole thing, all of this as a whole. The only 100% thing I'm sure of is we don't have all the answers. Science does not have all the answers. There's plenty of things out there science can't explain yet. I don't know what the answer is. I know the unexplainable will be explained eventually. Science will catch up to that. If the Mandela effect is real, then, which, you know, I'm not, I'm going to get to my opinion here in a minute, but if the Mandela effect is factual, it's actually real, then maybe science just hasn't caught up to that reason or what causes that or what it actually is. Doesn't mean it just, just woo-woo shit and so it can't exist. It just means we haven't figured it out scientifically. And I think that's where science kind of gets a little big-headed sometimes. They don't have all the answers, and they haven't figured it all out yet. They have to keep their mind open and kind of work towards it. And if it does come to the... If they do come to the assumption or come to the realization that there is something to it or there isn't something to it, fine, so be it. But they can't really, you know, they tend to like to put things in a box. And sometimes this life is so spectacular, this life is so mysterious, not everything fits in a box. That is why I say it's so important to have an open mind. But don't be closed-minded one way or the other. Be open to the possibilities of paranormal, to things like the Mandela Effect. But also be rational and think that, hey, there's probably, this might not be supernatural. And at one point in the future, maybe the supernatural just will become natural. It's just, like I said, we haven't figured it out. We haven't come to understand that portion of scientific discovery yet. So, I don't know. I mean, I know that's kind of convenient. Maybe. Some people, some of my critics will say, you're generalizing, you're making... You're connecting dots that might not be need to be connected, but these are my opinions. This entire podcast is about my opinions. I don't know anything for sure. I'm trying to figure some things out, but I don't know for sure. All I know is we don't understand everything. Science is always making advances every day, every year. We are there coming up with new stuff. Maybe one day this paranormal, the paranormal field will fall under scientific proofs but mandela effect no i've had when i first heard of this i was like oh, okay that's kind of interesting and then my you know i heard about this years ago some people had the memory that nelson mandela died in prison when we know he didn't or at least in this world he didn't or in this universe he didn't die in prison I never had that one. I was like, no, 
that was not something that I remembered, so it doesn't fall under the Mandela effect for me. Um, but there is one that, when I first heard about this, and I was like, wow, I do remember that. And that is Sinbad in a genie movie. I, I swear I remember Sinbad in, in my, you know, in his heyday, which was, you know, my teenage years. I swear I remember him in a genie movie. However, most people say that you are getting, I was, or people who remember this, it's getting him confused with Shaquille O'Neal's did a genie movie, I guess. I remember that, too, because it was freaking horrible. You couldn't forget it. Once you see that, it's just permanently burned into your freaking head. But I swear I have a memory that Sinbad did do a genie movie. And I saw a lot of Sinbad movies. One of my favorite movies, Necessary Roughness. I loved that movie when I was younger. So I did remember this. Now, I, apparently I'm wrong. Even he says he was never in one. So what? why do people remember that? Is that an example of the Mandela effect? Or is that just people kind of confusing the uh, Shaquille O'Neal movie with Sinbad? I don't see how they look nothing alike, but it's possible I don't know the answer to it. But I do remember. I do have that false memory. I'm, you know, and I'm not the only one. It's common. So that's one that people use as an example. Now, some of the some of these other ones I'm going to get into. Like, there's one in uh, Forrest Gump when he says, "Most people remember when they quote it or they say it is life is like a box of chocolate." When it actually says. Life was like a box of chocolates. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll, there's a couple, two, another one of the, another one of these that's very popular. That I'll, I'll kind of talk about them together. And the other ones is from Star Wars. I've said this myself, Luke, I am your father. And when actually, what the line is is no, I am your father. Now those two examples. Do not, and let me repeat, do not lend credibility to the Mandela effect. That is just how we remember things. I mean, screwing up a word in a line or in a movie quote, that is not an example. That is just, you know, life is or life was. It's easier to say life is like a box of chocolates or... Luke, I'm your father. That's just, you know, you know your brain's thinking, you know that Darth Vader is talking to Luke. He is addressing you. It's natural for you to think when he says something like that, he'd be addressing him by name. So that's just misremembering or just remembering the overall sum of what the quote was and just kind of blurting out something close to it. That's common. That's not an example of the Mandela effect. Another one, a lot of people remember Jiffy Peanut Butter when it's actually Jiff. Now this one is real. I understand why people get this confused. 
there's Jif peanut butter, and then there's another brand, Skippy peanut butter. You're just it's peanut butter. You're just combining the two in saying Jiffy because I'm I'm sure I've even thought of it as Jif myself as Jiffy at one time. But it's just you know that's just you're combining two memories and let's face it, our memories are not. I have a pretty good memory. I can remember things very well, and especially things distant in my past. I'm pretty good about, but I'm, as you get older, your memory gets worse. I'm lucky I can remember what I did five minutes ago, but I can remember what I was doing 30 years ago. So our memories get tricky. Our memories get fuzzy as we age, as our brain function starts to wind down. As we get older, we get old and the check engine light starts coming on and the computer upstairs starts breaking down. It doesn't work as fast as it used to. It doesn't remember things. So it kind of combines memories to paint a picture. So it's so hard to justify the Mandela effect. I don't know if it's real. I do think there are other possible, the possibility of other universes, or not universes, parallel universes, is more probable than not. Are we connected to it? Maybe. I would think so, like I said earlier. If we, if there's a parallel, parallel universe and I am in that other parallel universe, there has to be some kind of connection. Are we sharing the same consciousness or does our consciousness stream in this world go back to a certain central point and then there's another stream going to another universe? I don't know. I mean that kind of makes sense if you're if you think about it in a scientific or not scientific science fiction kind of way. Possibly, I don't know. But like I said, if this is what the spirit world or what the other realm or the other dimension is, it kind of makes sense. We are connected to it. I've always said, I've always felt and always thought that we are connected to the universe. And let's face it. Our memories aren't that good, and we as hum- there's one thing about us as humans, we are cocky, arrogant SOBs. We think we know it all, and we think we are right. It takes a special person to be able to admit that they were wrong, and maybe that is part of the reason for this Mandela effect phenomenon. Even some people, even when there's evidence that they are wrong, they still have a hard time admitting they were wrong or they were on the wrong side of something and we tend to fight at all costs and if i'm being honest i do think i don't believe our consciousness is manufactured in our brain i do think it's elsewhere and we are receiving our consciousness that kind of makes sense to me I could be crazy, and I'm not married to the idea, like I said earlier, about paranormal. It's a nice way of thinking that there is something after this life, or maybe we get to go to, when we die, we start another universe, start all over again, you know, a parano- parallel universe and start all over again. Maybe, I don't know. But maybe once the lights go out, that's it. We just, it's like falling asleep. I don't know. 
I think it's a really complex question when it comes to whether or not there's an afterlife, if the spirit world exists, or if after we die, there's nothing. I think it's a complex, super complex question, mainly because there's been, there is something to people's experiences. I know, like, near-death experiences. You know, people have these near-death experiences when they, where they have passed, died for like, you know, they've died. I hate to use the word pass on. That would imply that I'm referring to another world. But when they die, they see the white light. They see loved ones. They see relatives. Now, science explains this as, you know, chemicals in the brain causing hallucinations and it's the act of the brain dying, you know. Science scientists out there don't kill me on that. I'm just summarizing. I know it's more complex, a little bit more detailed than that, but just a rough synopsis of it. So our brain produces chemicals that's causing this vision, this experience, if you will. Now, then you take into account, you know, some of these psychedelic drugs. People who have taken psychedelic drugs, DMT, ayahuasca, they have experienced something in their trip. Yes, they were tripping balls, but did they experience something? And one common aspect of all these psychedelic trips, of these certain drugs that has been going on for centuries, there's some that believe Christianity is based basically on a, a mushroom trip. But the one thing, like I said, let me get back to that. The one thing that most people who have these experiences or do these drugs or do it in, for research purposes, there's one common thing that most of them come back with. They gain from this. And that's there's no fear of death. Now, scientists will say that's just the brain interacting with the chemical, and the chemical causes these hallucinations. But, what if that DMT or th that psychedelic drug is just something that opens or activates our brain to access that other world, that other realm, that other dimension, that parallel universe wherever our consciousness is located what if that's just the gateway to or the juice that's needed to prime the engine can you tell me with 100% certainty that's not the case because a lot of these people have a lot of the same type of experiences geometric shapes a lesson that is trying to be instilled in them. Conversations with entities of some sort. And some of them are very similar. Why are these so common? I mean, every we are different people. Every one of us are individuals. Nobody thinks completely alike. We interact and react and think different ways. If there's, whatever, 8 billion people. 7 billion people, there's 7 billion different identities and different way of thinking. 
we don't all, nobody's identical in their thinking, how they react and such. But why are they so similar? Is it because they are accessing another dimension or other realm? And that is what's, that DMT or that psychedelic is what allows them to access us, access it. Because maybe we naturally want to do that. Our bodies or our consciousness or our mind craves that and wants to interact with that other world. That is why our body actually creates DMT. And from what I've kind of researched and gathered, I've never done it. But from what I've kind of learned, and we, our body also makes another enzyme that breaks it down to take away the um, trip, essentially. But maybe, how bad can it be? Why does our body create it if this is the effect? I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to put things together in my head here a little bit. I don't know. Let me know what you think. We, I do want to talk about another subject, so I'm not going to end it right yet. But be sure to send me an email at gitnpodcast at gmail.com. And let me know what you think about the whole Mandela effect. If you've had a Mandela effect experience or memory, do you think it's just our brains kind of wondering what the hell's going on and misremembering things? Which is misremembering even a word? I could have swore Roger Clemens got shit for saying misremembered in his that congressional steroid whatever hearing, but yet. You hear misremember all the time now. Maybe that's my Mandela effect. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Let me know. But send me an email at gitmpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know your Mandela experiences or thoughts on the topic. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with another topic that'll be a surprise for you. You went online to switch your car insurance to Progressive so you could save money. But then you saw a friend request from an old summer camp buddy. And now here you are, clicking through photos of his kickball team from 2011. Hmm, looks like they won the championship that year. Then he moved to Tulsa. Oh, a new tattoo. Yes, they said it was easy to save hundreds on car insurance with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates national average savings by new customer surveyed who saved in 2019. Alrighty, welcome back from our little break. I know it wasn't long for you, but it was for me. Um, now I want to get into apparitions and manifestations. I recently read an article. I think I might have even uh, posted it or shared it on Twitter. That somebody asked a question: What's the difference between those two paranormal terms? And what it that's a complex one because. Everybody's a little different, and when it comes to the paranormal, there's no hard, fast rules, because we are dealing with the unknown. We are dealing with things that we don't really know the answers to, so we're, let's be honest, making it up a little as we go. People use these two terms basically the same way, to mean the same thing, but I think there is a serious and definite difference in these two terms now they are similar in one aspect, but 
I think it's best to use these two terms this way that eliminates some confusion that will help us communicate better in the paranormal field. Now, an apparition is something we all strive for, something we want to see, and a lucky few do get to experience this and see this or even catch it on camera or video. And it's very hard to get. It's it does. It's like getting struck by lightning. Honestly, um, I have seen a full-bodied apparition through my in in my life. Um, but I've been around the paranormal and the experiencing paranormal for a long, long time. So it's common. It's I won't say it's common. No, it's very. I don't want to use the word special. That's not it either. But it is rare. But for some of us who are open to it and looking for it, we do have a better chance. We do see it more often, if I'm being honest. Now, I have never seen a full-body aberration on an investigation. That much I can say. All my experiences with this, seeing the full-bodied, or what I'm going to say is an aberration. I think when you see a full-bodied aberration, or full-body Spirit, that is an aberration. Apparition. Keep wanting to put a B in there. But I've never, like I just said, I never have seen one on an investigation. Now I've caught one on a still photography. Well, we'll say shadow figure. I would classify a shadow figure as an aberration. And I have caught that on an investigation in uh, in a picture. And actually, in person, if you see something like a shadow figure in uh, in person with your own two eyes, that I would classify as an apparition. A lot of people do think that when you see a ghostly figure, the outline of a body or a body shape type spirit it could look just like a regular person. You can pick out details or not pick out details. But when you see a, a humanoid type or human type figure, that is what an aberration actually is. And I don't dis- disagree with that. Now, a lot of people actually put a manifestation or they use that term as well. Now, I think of manifest- manifestation is more of a, a, how can I say this? It's more like a verb, essentially. When a spirit is trying to manifest itself, that is what I call a manifestation. Now, when you see orbs, and like I talked about a couple, you know, last week with the catching orbs, you know, that could be a possible manifestation. It's not a full body. It's not a uh, definite. You know that's 100% what that is. There's a lot of questions with orbs, as as there should be, if we were being totally honest. Or if you see mist, that is a manifestation. Anytime a spirit or a ghost is trying to reveal itself or show itself to you, that is what I would refer to as a manifestation. Now, I'm going to classify these in 
a little bit further. I would go as far as say, well, let me let me say this. These are my opinions. This is what I think. There's going to be people that disagree with me, and that is fine. Use whatever terms you want. But this is how I categorize things and how I work to kind of solve a little bit of a problem and lay out evidence and hopefully not misrepresent something. So I think manifestations, there's two different, well, there's many different kinds of hauntings, but the two most popular are residual and intelligent. I always group an intelligent haunting with a manifestation. And this is my hard, fast rule. So even what I just talked about, how a manifestation is something trying to manifest that, naturally if something's trying to manifest, it probably is intelligent, it is trying to interact with you, it is trying to interact with the team. So I group that as an intelligent type haunting. And it is manifesting. Now, an apparition, apparition, geez, I keep wanting to put that B in there. What's wrong with me? Anyway, an apparition can be can be intelligent if it manifests into a full-bodied figure, then it technically would be an apparition. But I, for my own ease of my mind and not confusing myself or anybody, I would still classify it as just say a manifested spirit or something to that effect. But when I'm talking an apparition, I'm going to say that is really more residual, more of a replay. Maybe you see somebody walking down the hall, not necessarily intelligent. It's not trying to interact it doesn't even know you're there so i think it's easier to actually say an apparition is more of a byproduct of a residual type haunting you know it's just a playback and it's just moving around maybe knocking at the door you know opening the cabinet door you see the actual spirit opening the cabinet door or if you are in a hospital you see something go from room to room there's not necessarily a sign of interaction. It's not doing upon response. Now, this isn't a hard, fast rule, but I just to keep things nice and tidy and neat, I like to do it this way. But like I said earlier, a manifestation can develop into a apparition, but it just gets kind of confusing. It just kind of muddies the water. So, I like to make those two distinctions. Now, when something, and that's one thing about, let me go this further. I like the, what I'll say is an apparition. Apparition. Wow, I'm having a hell of a time saying that. Like, been a long day. Um, When I caught that shadow figure on camera at Rawls Opera House, I'm not sure whether that was a residual or intelligent haunting. From my experience and my 
research of that particular place and listening to other people who have experienced the same, who have seen it firsthand, not necessarily just in, you know, still photography or video, but who have witnessed it, they tend to lean towards more of a, a, uh, well, drawing a blank, residual type haunting. Because at that particular location, it's always going between point A and point B. In this case, it's two bathrooms in the back of the theater. And that's where you always see it. And that is where I caught the shadow figure on camera. So I would say that's more of a apparition. Appar well, this is getting silly. Apparition than a manifestation. Just for the mere fact, it always happens there. Now, I'm sure somebody has seen shadow figures in other parts of that building, but I think that particular one is just a playback or something to that effect. I don't think any spirit is guarding that those two bathrooms. It's possible. There's no proof either way. I honestly haven't heard of interaction, but that's not saying that I'm not wrong and somebody has had some interaction with that particular shadow figure. So that's why I would put that shadow figure in a aberration category rather than a manifestation. Now, if you're there or you're at another location and something happens, say, just for sake of argument, we'll use Raw's Opera House in that shadow figure. And like I just said, it goes from one bathroom to the other. Now, if you're in the in a seat looking back toward it videoing back toward it and you see that figure moving in that direction and then suddenly change and that's different than what has been reported what you you have witnessed now we're talking something it, it, especially if it starts walking towards you come coming down the aisle then we are talking something that might be more intelligent it might be trying to interact with you but that, you have to investigate. You have to do your research to find out which that is. And then you're looking at something more of a intelligent haunting. And you can work from that. Try to interact. Try to talk with other investigators who have experienced the same thing. Reach out to them. Find out what their opinions are. Ask them if they have, you know, experienced something like that. Or has always been that playback type hunting where it's just going from point A to point B. So this is hard work. This is it take you have to do your due diligence and work hard and do your homework. That is the only way you kind of hopefully can come to some kind of conclusion and try to figure out what's going on here. But that that is really the uh, main difference between the two. I mean, like I said this isn't hard fast this isn't by the book you can use either or i just like to break it up in that category those two break those two terms up into those categories to separate them and better categorize a different type of haunting so i hope that helps i hope you you know give that give that some thought be sure to let me know what you think if you disagree with me send me an email at gitnpodcast at gmail.com or if you follow me on Twitter, which you very well should, I'm an awesome follow. Come on. 
I post a lot of stuff, especially info about the podcast when I go live. Now, I didn't go live for this particular episode, but I will. I do go live on Sundays at 8 o'clock unless I post on Twitter. It might be 9 o'clock. So that is a great place to get information about the podcast and get some fancy little nifty little shares or retweets that uh, from people that I think are interesting or make a good point. So follow me there at night underscore ghost. But you can direct message me and we can have a conversation about the paranormal or whatever. But let me know what you think. I hope you understand what my point I was trying to make. I hope I made it clear. I, it's clear in my head, but that doesn't necessarily mean I verbalized it very well to you. You know, just those, just to summarize, those two terms can be mixed together, but I like to separate them to avoid confusion and hopefully categorize different types of hauntings because this is a complex thing. And like I say all the time and said in this podcast, we don't have all the answers. We are just taking stabs in the dark, pun intended. So I think this is going to wrap up this episode. Don't forget, like I just said, I go live on Sunday. So if you want to join in the conversation, get a preview or get early access to the episode. Generally, when I go live on Sundays, those episodes air on or get downloaded or uploaded. It would be better way of putting it to my RSS feed, which is available on iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. I upload those to my RSS feed, and that is available on Thursday mornings. Sometimes it's even right out at midnight Eastern Standard Time Thursday morning. So bright and early, it'll be there for you. And then, like, this video gets released through the week at some point. So it could be, I don't make a hard, fast rule. I'd like, generally like to uh, put these out on Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but sometimes it could be a Friday, it could be a weekend. This depends on the workload and what I'm talking about. So don't forget, follow me on all the social media, Facebook, Ghost of the Night, Instagram, night underscore ghost, or I'm sorry, ghost underscore night underscore podcast, and actually Twitter at night underscore ghost. I am on LinkedIn. I don't, just ghost of the night, you just search it. I will put links in the uh, show notes. And also go to the website for the podcast, ghostinthenightpodcast.com. That's where you get all the show notes. And also, forget, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would help me out greatly. If you want, leave a comment there. Get a notification. And it will tell you when I upload a video. So, get a little easy early access or notification when I upload my new episodes. I'm trying to put out a little bit more content on social media, plus trying to put out more actual episodes. I'm trying to do the work, and uh, it's hard work. It's just not as easy as hitting a button or hitting record and going to town. you got to do some research and make the time. So, thank you so much for checking out each episode, I appreciate all of the people who follow me, who do reach out, who do send me emails. I try to interact and get back with all of you. Um, I greatly appreciate it. 
and I love hearing from you. But be sure to follow me. Be sure to check out the podcast. Share it with a friend who you know loves the paranormal and you think might enjoy this podcast. I would greatly appreciate that. We are growing, and I do like hearing from new people, and I like hearing from people on the live stream. So be sure if you want to join us for the live streams on Sunday. I think I've babbled enough. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. thing about the name your price tool from progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the name your price tool from progressive we probably don't even need the words the name your price tool to tell you that our humpback whale pub gives you options based on your budget or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance and that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles at this point you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive northern bobcat the name your price to <clears throat> the neighbor who baked you banana bread only from progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law